one minute to air. Finally, a room with quiet. There's never time for actors to rehearse a script, but plenty of time to change the script. Ugh, it's not fair. They gave Howard Koch a whole six days to write it. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the most terrifying thing I have ever... Oh, let's try that again. <clears throat> 50 seconds to air. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the most terrifying Do you thing believe all the changes in this script? They switched the Billmore Hotel to the Park Plaza, the Jersey State Guard to the Jersey Militia. Quiet, I'm learning my script changes. 30 seconds. Do they think a Mercury Theater radio audience is dumb enough to fall for this? Give me a bite of your sandwich. No, they believed Hitler annexed this Austria, the but they're not going to believe a bunch of phony news Wait bulletins about a war something of the worlds. This is 1938. Someone, Get your own sandwich. 30 seconds. All right, Benny, all right. Just deal with the orchestra and calm down. Jeepers, quiet, I'm learning my script right, changes. All right. Can you believe it? Right before airtime is Benny Herman's fighting with Orson. Orson's yelling treachery. 20 seconds. So what? Orson yells treachery every broadcast. Is that a donut? Hey, pipe down. I'm trying to rehearse my script changes. Treachery! Wherever I turn, I'm surrounded by ignorance, sloth, and indifference. Hi, Orson. Enough melodrama. Everyone ready? Ten seconds to air. For this evening's little broadcast, Carl will hand out my new script changes. Uh, I've already learned my changes, Orson. Oh, yes, and I'm switching your part with his. But I just learned... Actors, places, please. Let me hear the Martian heat ray. Excellent. Five, four, three... And now, ladies two, and gentlemen... One... Let's destroy the world. Under the broadcasting system at the affiliated station, present Orson Welles and the Mercury Theater on the air in The War of the Worlds by H.G. West. Ladies and gentlemen, the director of the Mercury Theater and star of these broadcasts, Orson Welles. This is Orson Welles, ladies and gentlemen. We know you the Sci-Fi Channel Senior Theater at www.scifi.com presents Orson the Alien, the untold story behind the War of the Worlds. Starring Walter Koenig and written by Terry Bisson, Brian Smith, and George Zarr. Live from the Museum of Television and Radio in New York City, Orson the Alien. Serene in the assurance of their dominion over this small, spinning fragment of solar driftwood, which by chance or design, man has inherited out of the dark mystery of time and space. Yet across an immense hey, ethereal gulf... catch this, Commander. ...minds huh? that are what? to our minds, as ours are to the beasts in the jungle, intellects vast, cool, and... Oh. Damn, I lost it. Oh, this better be good, cadet. Because that was one hell of a great dream you woke me from. Uh, yes, sir. I'm sorry, sir. I was back home. I was sailing on Sunset Lake. Yes, sir. I had some kind of radio signal, a broadcast, but I lost it. Out here? I doubt that. Your imagination's running a little strong, don't you think? Sir? I don't know what you mean. Oh, I understand. It's normal at your age wanting to believe that every little bit of static squeak and squawk is a call to arms, to glory... Medals, if you're lucky. And women. I don't think that's what it was, sir. Wait, here it is again. Good Lord, what is that noise? I think it's supposed to be music. Music? Hmm. Primitive. Turn it up. Yes, sir. What happened? 
I lost it again. It's a very weak signal, sir. Where's it coming from? Can't tell, sir, but it seems local. I'm checking. Couldn't be local, cadet. There are no space-faring races in this quadrant. Must be a ghost signal. You're picking up a ghost. A ghost? A bounce from some other quadrant. The universe is a chaos of molecules, with billions of fragments of decaying sound waves bouncing around. And once in a great while, by chance, you'll catch a string of them together. A stray signal from something that happened far away and long ago. Picking it up again, sir. ...hydrogen and moving toward the Earth with enormous velocity. Professor Pearson of the observatory at Princeton confirms Farrell's observation and describes the phenomenon as, quote, like a jet of blue flame shot from a gun, unquote. We now return you to the... You see, it's, it's a different signal this time. They're just fragments. Sir, it's the same frequency as before, the same broadcast. Listen. The music again. You're right. But that's impossible. Or an amazing coincidence for a ghost. I'm running it through the extrapolator in case I made a mistake, sir. But I think it's local. I told you there are no space-faring races in this quadrant. That means the signal can't be local. But, sir, what about a civilization that has radio but hasn't yet developed space travel? Isn't that possible? <laughs> I'm impressed, cadet. Your imagination knows no bounds. But the odds against our making first contact in that tiny window of time between a civ's development of radio and space travel is astronomical. As astronomical as picking up three disparate pieces of the same ghost signal, sir... It checks out. It's definitely local. I'm standing in a large semicircular room, pitch black except for an oblong split in the ceiling. Through this opening, I can see a sprinkling of stars that cast a kind of glow. The signal's local. Yes, sir, it's local. We're not alone. Isn't that great? Commander, isn't it? Oh, 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 Jiminy Crickets. I just wanted to chip the glass a little. Oh, ah, uh, uh, oh, wow. I broke the whole window. I hope nobody heard me. Or... Oh, oh, who's there? Oh, just the radio. They shouldn't play it when no one's in the diner. It wastes electricity. Uh, you who cash register, where are you? I know you're around here somewhere. I just got to find it. Let's see what... Oh! Oh, ooh, ooh, too... Oh, too dark. I, I bet it's over. Oh, what are they putting chairs in the middle of diners for? I got to get up. Oh, oh, my head. Okay, that's the corner of the lunch counter. Oh, ah, where'd they hide that cash register? Jimmy, I can't see nothing. It's too dark. Wish I smoked. I'd have matches. Oh, let's see what we got here. Oh, no! Oh, that stupid radio again. Oh, what a doodah day. Hey, I got an idea. I know. The light from the radio dial. Oh, yeah, that's swell. Now, just lift this radio up off the floor and point the little light around the dark diner and... Ta-da! Come to Papa, you great big cash register. Oh! somebody's trying to break down the front door. Put them both up and turn around in, before I comb your hair with lead. I can, officer. I'm holding up a radio. So put down the radio, then put up your hands, then turn around. Oh, yeah, right. You sure own a crummy diner, pal. You got broken glass all over the place. Well, you see, officer, I don't own and this. stop calling me officer. I ain't no lousy copper. I'm trying to tell you, I don't own this diner. I, I broke in to, to rob it. So did I. <laughs> really? 
Hey, put it there, brother. Turn around. Keep your hands up. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. Hmm. You don't look like a robber. Well, times are kind of hard. I was hungry. I figured I'd pick a place to rob where I could make myself a sandwich. You know, since the Depression, amateurs like you make it real tough for professionals like me to earn an honest buck. Why, I Don't shoot. Don't shoot. I'll show you where the cash register is. (coughs) Are you smoking? Can you please put out your cigar? It it gives me a rash. Cigar? I ain't smoking. Now, quit clowning and show me what... Oh, wait. I smell it, too. Yeah. Like something's burning behind that door back there. Ah, Jiminy, I hear a dame coughing. I don't care if it's Mae West coughing. Well, maybe she needs help. There's smoke coming out. Somebody's in there. Let's break down the door. I ain't breaking down no doors for nobody. (laughs) All right, all right. You never know. Maybe it is Mae West. Ah! 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 Fire! I'll grab the dame! You're quite convinced, as a scientist, that living intelligence... Commander, the signal's coming back in. I'd say the chances against it are a thousand to one. And yet, how do you account for these gas eruptions occurring on the surface of the planet at regular intervals? Phillips, I cannot account for it. Commander, did you hear that? Gas eruptions at regular intervals? That means another planet with a sieve, perhaps. I heard it. Where is this planet... Mars. Unidentified. A local name, sir. Scanning for the source. And these eruptions, do they pose a danger to us? Unclear, Commander. Uh, That's strange. All readings are tranquil. I'm not picking up any signs of atmospheric disturbance on any of the planetary bodies in this system. Very well, then. Something to explore on your next tour, Cadet. What about the radio signal? Aren't we going to check it out? You did. You identified the source and cataloged it, didn't you? Yes, the third planet in solar system 23827.4, but... That's all we can do. Regulation 17-4C. We're not authorized to instigate first contact situations. And besides, we have a limited amount of time before our jump window vanishes. With all due respect, sir... Wrap it up, Cadet, and prepare the coordinates for our leap home. But, sir, perhaps we could at least move a little closer in order to establish a visual? Wouldn't it be nice to go back with something new to report, like images of an unrecorded civilization in an unexpected quadrant of the universe? No, Cadet. In fact, it's best to have nothing to report. The universe is filled with unrecorded civs. Unrecorded because they are profoundly uninteresting. (laughs) An uneventful universe. That'll be your goal when you've been in the service as long as I have. Wait a moment. Here it is again. Cadet, set the coordinates for our jump home. That's an order. Yes, sir. Look around, Jet. I guess that's it. Yes, I guess that's the thing directly in front of me. Half buried in a vast pit. Must have struck with terrific force. The ground is covered with splinters of a tree. It must have struck on its way down. But I can see the object itself doesn't... I lost it again. Are you listening to this, Commander? I think there might have been a protocol violation. Category two. An unauthorized intervention from a falling meteor. What if it's not a meteor? What if it's a ship from this other planet, the one they call Mars? Shouldn't we investigate, sir? If we miss this jump window, we'll be here for another six tours, and I'll be damned if I'm going to let that happen. I'm not going to jeopardize the safety of this ship with some wild and haphazard chase of a primitive sieve. And besides, I have a record of 39 tours without incident. Without incident. Nothing. And that's what you want. 
You want to retire without incident. Cadet, our job is to monitor the galactic outlands and to keep the peace. Nothing is success. We're not explorers. We're not a first contact battalion. Now, take us home. Have you decided on a location yet, sir, for your uh, retirement, sir? Ah, yes. My wife and I, my beautiful wife and I, have bought this small floating house, this glass house that floats out over the banks of Sunset Lake, self-propelled, and at night it steers out and hovers over the waterfall and beyond, and the iridescent light of the glow bugs sparkles up from the foaming, crashing water below, casting enough light to read by all night long. Oh, brother. What was that, cadet? Oh, bravo, sir. <laughs> You're very good to your wife. That sounds beautiful, really. Your wife is very unlucky indeed. That sounds nice, sir. It is nice, cadet. Metal casing is definitely extraterrestrial. Uh, not found on this earth. Friction with the earth's atmosphere usually tears holes in a meteorite. This thing is smooth and... See you, Flint. Just a minute. Nothing's happening. Ladies and gentlemen, this is terrific. This end of the thing is beginning to flake off. The top is beginning to rotate like a screw, and this thing must be hollow. It isn't a meteor, Commander. It's a spaceship. An unrecorded space-faring race. And they've broken intergalactic protocol. An unauthorized intervention. We can't let this violation go unpenalized. We have to respond. We have to null the offending species and keep order. I see. Cadet, prepare to fire the rocket tubes. Yes, sir. Right away, sir. And set the coordinates for home. What? Hey, honey. Drink some more. I wish I could play the atmosphere. Hey, pal, turn off the radio. I can't hear what the little lady's trying to say. I just figured she wanted to hear the news. This, this don't look like heaven. And you two birds don't look like no angels, neither. <laughs> we ain't angels. Angels don't need to shave. Quit squawking and let her talk. No, sister, you're still alive, and this is still Brooklyn. <laughs> Name's Bud, and this mug's name is... Uh, what is your moniker, pal? Uh, Lester. Who are you, lady? Rosie. Like the name on the outside, Rosie's Diner? That's me. I was trying to cook my last two meals. Rosie and her diner. You started the fire? Till you gents broke up the party. Hey, it's a good thing me and Bud was trying to rob you. Hey, stop down. Yeah, Rosie, we, uh, we happened to be passing by your diner and smelled smoke. We broke through your window, knocked down your back room door, and carried you to the front. Yeah, and I put out the fire just in time with this. That was my new coat. Oh, can I hang it up for you somewhere? What am I going to do? I just want to die. And I can't even seem to do that right. <laughs> yeah, open up the floodgates, sister. Get it out of your system. Hey, I'll turn on the radio. That ought to cheer you up, Rosie. I told you to turn it down, Lester. It's just a news bullet, and it ain't so important right now. Okie dokie. Now, go behind the counter and fix something for the little lady. A sure thing, bud. So... Why'd you do it, Rosie? You know the old story. All alone, just me and my dog. I owned this diner, lived upstairs, and was getting by okay. I met a man and we got hitched. He packed up my heart, my savings account, and some floozy, and he two-timed me. 
Then I find out he's pocketing the money I gave him for the monthly mortgage payments. And here's the super-duper finish. The bank just foreclosed on the diner. No man, no money, no home, no job. The end. Uh, is this ham fresh, Rosie? <laughs> yeah. I hope your dog didn't die. My husband took the dog. I bought a canary and a cat. The cat ate the canary, then the cat died. Uh, how's the roast turkey, Rosie? Oh, Will you shut up with the roast turkey? Say, don't I know you from somewhere? Not a chance. Lester and me, we were just walking by and we smelled smoke. No, not Lester. You. I seen your face somewhere. I never forget a face. These pickles, are they fresh, Rosie? Mm. Hey, Lester, can the talk? What about that food? It's pretty good, bud. I'm stuffed. So can I make you something, Rosie? That profile, now I know. I seen your kiss in the papers. Yeah, last week, page two. The cops are looking for you and there's a reward. I told you, I don't forget a face. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, there's a reward for Bud? How much? That's very good, sister. Real good. Lester, turn on the radio. Loud. Now you want it on? Sure, bud. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the most terrifying thing I, I've ever witnessed. Wait a minute. Someone's calling someone out about something. I can see peering out of that black hole through luminous disks. The eyes, this might be a face, might be almost a heavens. Something wriggling out of the shadow like a gray snake. Now it's another one and another Commander, one. Commander, are you listening to this? They look like tentacles to me. I'm going to attempt to contact the offending spacecraft. Negative, Cadet. Maintain radio silence and shut that thing off. I don't want to hear it. Wait, wait, wait. Incoming transmission, sir. From the offending species. Processing information? Negative. It appears to be a request for dialogue from your wife, sir. Oh, well, I'll take it in my quarters. Remain on our course home. Consider your actions, sir. It is against the code to fail to respond to known protocol violations. I'm the commander of this ship. I know the code. They've committed three protocol violations. A hostile landing, destruction of a local environment, and contact with the primitive sieve. Minor infractions. We will remain on course and you will not question my authority again. Do you understand, cadet? Your insolence will be reported to central command. I'll be in my quarters. You have the bridge. See that you don't disrupt anything. I'm uh, glad you called back. It's good to see you. You look a little green, more than usual. I got worked up. You wouldn't believe the cadet they assigned me this tour. My last tour of service, and I'm stuck alone on this ship with Sergeant Duguid. Last tour? I've heard that one before. Oh, this is it. All this constantly facing death and danger... It's getting to me. <laughs> Danger? You've been permanently assigned to the safest quadrant in the galaxy. You're safer than I am at home. Well, it's retirement after this last tour, I promise. Are you sure we can afford it right now? You, uh, you look delicious, love. Are those new scales? Yes. <laughs> Lean a little closer to the screen so I can smell them. Right here. Oh, yes. That's it, right there. Uh, oh. It's been so long. You, you smell so... Hey, what, what are you... Where are you going? You're sick. I'm getting something to drink. 
You're really going to retire after this tour? Yes, yes. Oh, and when I get back home, oh boy, just you wait. <laughs> just wait what? I want to hear this. When I get back home, just wait. We'll move into the house, the floating house. That's what. On Sunset Lake, above the falls. That's what I thought. You're still dreaming about that house? It's not a dream. It's a plan, a course of action. This beautiful spot right over the falls. This, this floating house in the light of the glow bugs. Wait till you see it. It's so strong at night. I know, I know. You've told me. Remember, we'll be able to read in bed. By the light of the water, it all sounds wonderful. But you've never been there, have you? You've never even seen this place, Sunset Falls. Yes, I have. On my 19th tour, around the edge of the sixth system, past the asteroid belt, on the third moon of Endymion. Commander, the Martians are nulling members of the primitive sieve, with a heat ray of some sort setting them on fire. Cadet, I am on the communicator. Maintain our course and continue to monitor the situation on the planet if it pleases you. I'll be up to the bridge in a moment. I'm turning us around, Commander. We have to save what's left of those people there. Cadet, cease your action and stand aside. Love, I have to go. I love... Love? Love? She hung up. <laughs> Door open. Door open. Computer, release order manual. Unable to comply. Controls in override. Override? What? What's going on here? I've laid in a course for the third planet. You've done what? You will remain in your quarters for the remainder of the flight. I have things under control up here, Cadet. Cadet? You're the... Who the hell are you talking to? You, of course. I'm the commander on this ship now. You... Unlock this door. I captured this transmission just moments ago. I'm transferring it to your quarters. Open this door. Cadet. Cadet. Do you hear me? Open this door. Cadet. Strike them head on. Lord, they're turning into flames. That's awesome. Oh, what have I done? Uh, this is going to work fine, uh-huh. Uh, I need a little more light, bud. Well, you'll just have to see with that street light shining through the front window, Lester. Just like that, huh? Uh, just like what, Rosie? Quit monkeying around, Lester. Keep tying her up. Yeah, Rosie. Just like that. Sorry. You know how it is. I'll make it so it don't hurt. I don't get it. You saved my life. Now you're just going to take it away again? Just like that. Goes to show having a good memory ain't always good for a person's health. Uh, listen, there are coppers combing New York who are just itching to give me my own pair of metal bracelets. So I broke into your diner to grab a little dough and blow this state. My plans changed a little, that's all. I can't leave you behind knowing who I am, can I? It's nothing personal, really. Uh, I I'm almost done tying her up, bud. Swell. But you risked your life, bud. In the fire. You did it to save me. I got a soft spot, sister. We all make mistakes. The papers said you was wanted for armed robbery. There wasn't nothing about murder. Murder? You? It don't look that way to me, Rosie. It's like this. You were ready to check out before I got here, right? We just had a little chat, and now I'm helping you start back on your little trip again. What if I don't want to go traveling no more? Sorry. This ticket's non-refundable. Uh, all done, bud. She'll never get out of that. 
Oh, well, it's getting late. I gotta be going. A nice meeting, everybody. Night, Rosie. Night, Bud. Nighty night, Lester. Oh! You shouldn't ought to done that. Ah, <sighs> sorry, Lester. You know who I am too. When the coppers show up, they're gonna think you tied up Rosie, shot her, then blew your own brains out. And what happened? Maybe it was money. Maybe it was love. Who knows? Gonna let me answer that, Bud? You're not home, sweetheart. It's my friend Millie. She calls me every night to see if I lock up the diner okay. If I don't answer, she'll walk the half block with her husband to see if I'm okay. Ah, darn! It's my soft spot again. You should talk to your friend one more time. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna press the phone against your right ear, and I'm gonna press the gun against your left ear. Understand? Thanks. Hi, Millie. Millie? Millie, I can't. I can't understand you when you talk so fast. What? Calm down. Say that again. Martians? Like from Mars? What Martians? In Jersey? Millie, I told you to lay off the gin. It's no good. For Radio? What radio? Bulletins on the radio? Yeah, yeah, I had it on before, but I、uh, wasn't listening. Hold on. Put down the phone and turn on the radio fast. Oh, all right, all right. I have been requested by the governor of New Jersey to place the counties of Mercer and Middlesex as as far west as Princeton and、uh, east to Jamesburg under martial law. No one will be permitted to enter this area. But Millie's right for once. It's on the news. It's gotta be true. Hey, Millie. Millie. Hello, Millie. What's going on? We got cut off. You can hang up the phone and hang up your gun too. What's going on? What are they talking about on the radio? Listen for yourself. You have just been listening to General Montgomery Smith, commanding the state militia at Trenton. In the meantime, further details of the catastrophe at Grover's Mill are coming. Ah,、uh, go on. What's this baloney? It can't be anything. Yes, again. Millie heard it, and all of her neighbors too. Nah, somebody's pulling your leg on the radio. <laughs> I started out tonight wanting to croak. Now I got three choices of how to cash in: fire, or bullets, or Martians. Goes to show you, when your number's up, your number's up. Hey, keep quiet, will you? There ain't no Martians. That came in from Grover's Mill by telephone. Just one moment, please. At least 40 people, including six state troopers, lie dead in a field east of the village of Grover's Mill. Their bodies burned and distorted beyond all possible recognition. Cadet, let me out of here. Not a chance. And you can call me commander now. I'm in control of the ship. Whatever you want, doesn't matter what I call you, Commander, Cadet, Captain, Fool. Your life will be null as soon as we return home. What's important now is that we attempt to save as many of these primitive civ beings as we can. Then you agree? At last, we have to know the Martians. Yes, I agree. You see that? I told you. You see that we have to act. Yes, yes, I do. We've just established that. Is this a trick? Are you trying to trick me? No. Let me out of here. I can help. We have to act. Remember? I have a null gun up here. You'll come unarmed, or I'll shoot. I understand. I won't hesitate to shoot. Do you understand, cadet? I understand. Return to the bridge then. But remember, I'm in command. Yes, yes. I think I can remember that, sir. 
You're not really fit to command. You know that, don't you? Quiet! I'm a little nervous, that's all. It's, it's normal. It's normal. Right. To be nervous before battle. Um, try the radio again! Of the creatures in the rocket cylinder at Grover's Mill, I can give you no authoritative information. Of their destructive instrument, I might venture some conjectural explanation. For one of a better term, I shall refer to the mysterious weapon as a heat ray. All too evident that these creatures have scientific knowledge far in advance of our own. Damn, damn, what are we going to do? Damn! Calm down, calm down. Do you have a plan, Cadet? Commander! Right, I forgot. Commander, do you have a plan, sir? Uh, no. What do you suggest, Cadet? We can't just go in there blind with weapons blazing. One, we have no idea if our shields can withstand this heat ray of theirs. And two, you know that any members of this primitive sieve that we come into direct contact with will have to be nulled as well. It's protocol. And order, remember, has to be preserved. We can't alter the primitive sieve's predetermined time path with the philosophical bombshell of an alien landing. But aliens have already landed there. Yes, well, perhaps. I suppose we'll see about that. I know. There's a farm, the Wilmoth Farm in Grover's Mill, New Jersey, on the planet Earth, where the ship landed. We'll go there and monitor the situation from above until we ascertain the enemy's weakness. Very good, Commander, but... Stop interrupting! I'm laying in the cordix now. Okay, okay. Powering up the super-string vibrational sequencer... Strap yourself in. Firing rocket tubes on three, two, one. We're in four-dimensional space. We can monitor the site and not be detected. I know, I know. There it is. The third planet. The blue one right there. It's beautiful. There's something about it. It's covered in water. This must be the wrong place. No. No, mostly water. Not all. It's beautiful, like my water home. It looks familiar. Yes, I thought so. I was here once before. I remember it now on my third tour. I was a young cadet once, like yourself. Commander! Call me Commander. Yes, sir. Um, I was young, like yourself. Well, not as eager as yourself, sir, but... But we passed by here and found only routine life forms. No sieves here then, primitive or otherwise. No, no, actually, I do remember something else. A large green lizard-like species. Not too distant in appearance from some of our own ancestors. We're entering the planet's atmosphere, cadet. You're coming in too fast. Slow down. Straighten up 45 degrees. I have it under control. Uh, can you get us a surface fix? There, under the clouds along the coastline, our sensors indicate that the land there is New York Island, the source of the radio broadcast. That means the piece there to the left is New Jersey. Try to get the signal back. Herbry, we need to monitor the situation. Aye, sir. Here it is. I think it's coming back in. And the evidence of our eyes that those strange beings who landed in the Jersey farmlands tonight are the vanguard of an invading army from the planet Mars. The battle which took place tonight at Grover Mills has ended in one of the most startling defeats ever suffered by an army in modern times. 7,000 men... We're too late. It's a massacre. You... Against a you... Fighting machine it's your fault. If we responded earlier, we could have prevented this. You know that, don't you? Don't you? Over the battle area you scared of marring your pathetic record. Without incident. Without incident, you said. This is one hell of an incident. A hell of an incident. It is, isn't it? Keep your head down. Let the people go by. 
Get out of my way! Martians! They're coming this way! Run! Run for your lives! Martians! Can I lift my head up now? Yeah, they're moving on. Don't want nobody to look in the diner and see the three of us back here. Oh, Jiminy Crickets, my head. That's the last time I eat ham and... Pipe down, Lester, be quiet. Oh, I guess I fell asleep. What's all the hubbub about, Rosie? It's curtains, Lester, for everybody in the world. Stop with that bunk. I don't believe it. But look at all those people running around out there. If you got the heebie-jeebies, why don't you turn on the radio, bud? I would, but I'm kind of all tied up here. However, I wish to impress upon you private citizens and public officials, all of you, the urgent need of calm and resourceful action. Fortunately, this formidable enemy is still confined to a comparatively small area, and we may place our faith in the military forces to keep them there. Jiminy, it's Roosevelt. They're blowing everything to smithereens. What are we going to do, bud? Bud, what are we going to do? I know what I'm going to do. What the... Bud, after all my work, you're untying her? Uh, it, it was different before, see? She could have squealed about me to the coppers. I'd be a block from this diner and John Law would have been all over me. But now, <clears throat> now the whole world's heading for a fall. I, I told you it was nothing personal, Rosie. Just survival, that's all. And with all these goons from outer space, I guess none of us has a chance. And so, well, I don't want to leave you tied to a chair when the Martians come, that's all. There, you're free. So sue me. I can't tell if you're the looniest bird I ever ran into. Well, you really do have a soft spot, bud. Uh, how about we am scray? Now, let's hightail it to the Bronx or something. Bronx, Brooklyn, China. The Martians are taking over the world. Don't you understand, Lester? If they're in Jersey, we only got a few minutes. Listen, why didn't you boys stay here with me? <laughs> I got nothing to lose, and neither do you. <laughs> Get her. We tried to kill her, and she's making with the hospitality. You're some swell dame, Rosie. Well, it's the end, you know. I could make us comfortable. A couple of pillars from upstairs. I got some food here. Hit some good scotch from before Prohibition. I'll break it out. We can wet our whistles, talk about old times, wait for the end. What do you say, Lester? Jiminy, one minute I'm hungry and I ain't got a roof over my head. The next minute I got soft pillows and free scotch. Only in America. <laughs> Bud? I got a couple of things more I ought to do. Hand me the phone, Lester. Uh, here. Who you calling, Bud? Hello, Fifth Precinct? This is Bud Elroy. No, this ain't a gag. It's Bud Elroy. Figured you'd like to know I'm at Rosie's Diner. Yeah, Rosie's Diner. R right, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Bud Elroy, and no, I ain't screwy. Yeah, thanks. Bye, copper. Get me my satchel, Lester. The one I left up front when I broke in. Uh, sure, bud. What gives? My ma was a really good lady, see? I drove her crazy when I was growing up. I went bad real young. Her whole life, she was sure I'd end up in a chair or something. Here's your satchel, bud. And put it in the oven over there. Turn it up all the way. Huh, suit yourself. So? 
when Ma was dying, she told me she wanted to go to hell. Imagine, my Ma's got a sofa waiting for her in front of the pearly gates, and she wants to go to hell. I says, why, Ma? She tells me, because I don't want to be lonely in heaven without you. Uh, your satchel's going up fast, bud. What's in it? Twenty G's. The dough from the heist. So you called the cops and burned the dough? Yeah. We're all dying in a few minutes. I figured I'd try and meet Ma halfway. <laughs> Damn, where are they? Where did they go? They're not on board, that's for sure. Careful, please. Put the null gun down. Where are the damn Martians? I'm going to null some Martians. <laughs> I've scanned the surface. There are no signs of meteoric impact. Perhaps there was some mistake. Arm the outer guns. Arm the Raptor device. We'll see if their tinny little craft can withstand our firepower. And keep scanning. They have to be here. Oh, drop us down so we have a visual of this New Jersey farmland they keep talking about. Dropping down. Under cloak. There. There? That there? That land there? That's a farm? Oh, well. Wait! What about that being there? The one walking across the field? One of the primitive sieve, I'll bet. We'll ask him where the Martians are. You can't do that. It's against every protocol. Shut up with the rules. I'm the commander. I'm getting a fix. I'm sucking him up. Where are the Martians? Do you understand me? Are you Mr. Wilmoth? Is this Wilmoth Farm? language extrapolator. Checking. It's functioning properly. This being must not speak a language. Oh, get him out of here. How about there? Look, see there? Inside that house, there's another creature sitting at a table next to the window. Perhaps he can at least speak. I really must protest these abductions. We have no... I'm re- getting a fix. I'm sucking him up. Are you Mr. Wilmot? Is this the Wilmot Farm? Are you Mr. Wilmot? Is this the Wilmot Farm? Where are the Martians? Have you seen them? Which way do they go? Where can we find them? Martians from the planet Mars, the fourth planet in your system. Then you've seen them. Do you know where they are? Here, the signal's coming back in. Listen to this. Don't hurt me, mister. Don't hurt me, mister. Don't hurt me. Small island of daylight cut off by the black smoke from the rest of the world. Hurt me? All that happened before the arrival of these monstrous creatures in the world now seems part of another life. Well? Well, what? That's the damned radio. Orson Welles in the Mercury Theater. I was just listening to it downstairs with my wife. Are you saying that this broadcast is a false report? Well, yeah, you could say that. It's a radio show, a story, a make-believe. Where are the Martians? Have you seen them? Uh-huh. Which way do they go? Where can we find them? I'm here to save the Earth. Where the hell are they? <laughs> well, wait a second. You mean... You ain't Martians? No, no, I'm here to know the Martians. Hoo-hoo-hoo, boy, that's pretty sorry. You came a long way for nothing, then. <laughs> you sure ain't the smartest aliens anyways. <laughs> then, then there are no Martians. <laughs> what are you 
you're laughing at? No one's been killed. There are no Martians. <laughs> of course not. What, what? What's that blue smoke coming out of your friend's ears? Are those a... What is that? Smoke? <laughs> no use getting steamed. Everybody makes bonehead mistakes sometimes. <laughs> Time for you to go, Earthbeam. The steam will make you forget and send you back to your home. <laughs> well... Time to go home, cadet. Look on the bright side. That signal fooled us both. Orson Welles. I forgot my duty. I thought a little too much about retirement. Thank goodness no innocent beings died. On the other hand, mutiny is a grave offense, cadet. Of course, the tribunal might be lenient, so please give me back the null gun and... Oh! Sleep well, Commander. I may be facing galactic justice when I return home, but I need to repay a debt first. I'm going to know Orson Welles. Hey, bud, don't be a piker with the scotch. Oh, swell. Slow down, Lester. I wanted to save a little for the coppers when they come here to get me. <laughs> if the Martians don't get here first. <laughs> a toast. Sure, Rosie, it's your scotch. <laughs> to better times. To better times. Hey, these are the best times I ever had. <laughs> Ooh, this scotch is a real McCoy. I could kiss that bootlegger. Ooh, Jiminy, that, that burning money sure smells bad. The dough was stolen, Lester. The stolen dough's got evil inside of it. That's what you're smelling. Imagine, I was walking around with all that evil stuffed in my satchel. But, brother, my soul is lighter now. To a lighter soul. <laughs> to, to a, a lighter, lighter soul. soul. Amen. <laughs> oh. I wonder if that's the coppers. <laughs> hey, Rosie, tell them we got enough eats for the whole police force. We don't want the boys in blue to face the end hungry. <laughs> Rosie's diner. Millie, I can't understand you when you... Now? Okay, okay, don't bust the tonsil. Lester, turn on the radio, the same station. Hey, that's a good idea. I forgot about music. Look down at my blackened hand. Try to connect them with a professor who lives at Princeton and who on the night of October 20th... That's not music. Sounds like a highfalutin play or something. Millie says it's not the end of the world. Orson Welles was playing a Halloween joke. It's just a radio show. Thanks, Millie. Give my best to Max. Bye. Uh, if it's not the end of the world, I guess the party's over. I'll bring back the empty scotch glass tomorrow, Rosie. What day is it? This has been some night, boy. Phew. I guess I... I guess I learned a little lesson tonight, boy. Phew. If, if things get really bad... Well, they can get more bad, see? And even then... You know, you can still find some swell people. And you can still find a few laughs. What I'm trying to say is... Well, hope. There's always hope. Me too, Rosie. Time to time, I I've seen things tonight I've never seen before, neither. If your life ain't Smoke worth a plug nickel, there's always some dame will give you a free drink and some good eats. 
You're a peach, Rosie. Uh, you're a good pal, too, Lester. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. What about you, bud? Don't you feel swell? Bud? You burned all your money and turned yourself into the coppers and your soul's lighter. Don't you feel swell, bud? You okay, bud? You look all red and puffed up, bud. Bud, why are you picking up that chair? You're not going to throw it at the... Oh, oh. I could have turned off the radio for you, bud. I'm going to kill him. What was that? I didn't hear what I'm the... going to the radio station. And I'm going to kill Orson Welles! This is Orson Welles, ladies and gentlemen. Out of character to assure you that the War of the Worlds has no further significance than as the holiday offering it was intended to be. The Mercury Theater's own radio version of dressing up in a sheet and jumping out of a bush and saying boo. Starting now, we couldn't soap all... Hello, studio guard, post two. Who? For Mr. Wells. Can't you hear the studio monitor behind me? He's inside the studio. He's on the air. A message. Sure, shoot. CBS switchboard lit up like a Christmas tree. Your broadcast is panicking the nation. So goodbye, everybody, uh-huh. and remember... I got it. Who are you? How'd you get in here? This studio is off... Where is he? I'm looking for Orson Welles. You and half the country? Jay Willikers, that's some scary Halloween get-up kid. And that's a pretty funny-looking space gun. But you picked the wrong party to crash. I'm calling securities. Come on, let's go out through the blue hallway door. Out. Hey, kid, did you... The hallway door. It disappeared or melted or... Who? What are you? A suggestion from an advanced race to a primitive one. Run. Now. I, uh... I feel Orson Welles approaching. From where? And how about almost missing that sound effects cue? But I enjoy how you covered. Very creative. Actors, please stay in the studio. I'll be back in a moment with the single page we actually have written for next week's broadcast. <laughs> uh, Charlie, if anybody's looking for me or any of the Mercury Theater, we'll be back in the... Oh, my, Charlie. Are they finally repairing the hallway door? Charlie? Hmm, you're not Charlie. I presume he wasn't also scared by our broadcast. We can't have studio guards leaving their posts and running around the building screaming like banshees, can we? And you must be the costume designer from RKO. A little strange, you look like a cross between a dinosaur and a fish without the water. You're early. I'm Orson Welles. Put your arm down! I've got a weapon. See? I've got a null gun. Don't move. Oops, easy, easy. I, uh, understand, I think. My wallet's in the studio. And for your own good, this isn't the safest place for a stick-up. No easy way out of this portion of the building, I'm afraid. 
why don't you put down that... Uh, null gun. It's a null gun? Yes. Put it down. We can talk. Maybe I can help you with whatever is bothering you. You said there was an invasion. I believed you. I came to Earth to know the invaders. <laughs> oh, I'm really dumb. John Houseman got you up to do this, didn't he? <laughs> you're, you're dressed as a Martian. <laughs> no, no, I came to Earth to know the Martians. Oh, thank God I didn't see you in that outfit before the broadcast. I would have laughed and ruined the whole... Oh. Cadet. Put down the null gun. Commander, call me Commander. And what are you doing here? I disabled you. Go back to the ship. That's an order. I have things under control here. I believe you're mistaken on two points, Cadet. First, we're sworn to uphold the anti-intervention protocols, not to violate them. And secondly, I am the commander of our ship. I give the orders. And that order is to hand me your weapon and return with me to our craft. Immediately. That's not possible, sir. I have to even a score first. Oh, my. I don't think either of you is from RKO. Stand aside, Commander. I'm here to null Orson Welles. I can't let you do that. Orson Welles, sir. Yes? You taught me a great lesson tonight. I was about to abandon the lives of helpless people for my own selfish needs, for my retirement. You made me see that beneath the commands, the rules, the regulations, there was... Nothing there in me. Shut up! Everybody shut up! I need to think. Excuse me, gentlemen. How do I suddenly find myself between two uh, denizens from outer space? Mr. Orson Wells, young as you are, you produced radio signals that were mistaken by my young crew member and myself as a great cosmic battle on your planet. Unhappily, it unmasked the deeply concealed hunger in my cadet here for power. Commander, I will not. And it triggered a brash decision on his part to overthrow my command and take over my ship. Our little radio joke did that. (laughs) Shut up, Orson Welles. Oh, dear. Commander, I will not allow you to Allow me to what, cadet? Reveal to Mr. Orson Welles that you're disturbed because the whole foundation of your personal revolution was a hoax. One perpetrated by what we've called a primitive civilization. Where is he? Where is Orson Welles? I'm blowing his brains out. No, you're not. I am. I am. I'm going to know Orson Welles. Oh, for goodness sake. Who the hell are you, gruesome? And you shouldn't be waving that gun around. Halloween's tomorrow night. I'm a silver chip cadet from the 17th planet of star system 4986-C. Oh, yeah? And I'm Bud Elroy from Brooklyn. <laughs> Quick, grab his null gun. Not so fast, Buck Rogers. I put gruesome to sleep, but I've still got a gun. And it's loaded. You, Orson Welles? I assume from the weapon that you are also not from RKO. Ooh, now I know that voice. You're the guy that does the shadow on the radio. Yes. You're Orson Welles. Yes. Yeah, but not anymore. Oh. I'm a goner because of you and your lousy Martian joke. I lost my money. The coppers are on my tail. I'm as good as six feet under. So, pal, I'm taking you with me. Before you hurt somebody. Rosie. Come on, Spud. You don't need to get no deeper into it. Get out of here, doll. You're going to get hurt. You saved my life twice. Now I want to do you a good turn. Give me the heater, Bud. You don't want to do it. We can work it out with the coppers. There's a way out. There's always another way out. Yeah. 
What comic books you been reading? It ain't comic books, bud. I learned it from you. And from what happened with that outer space radio show. How can my broadcasts affect so many people and still have such lousy ratings? You, Mr. Wells? Yes? You'd give a guy a square deal, wouldn't you? I... Look, please, don't pay no never mind to Bud. He's just a little excited, that's all. Come on, honey, give baby the heater. Come on. What am I going to do, Rosie? How about we say goodbye to these folks and chew it over out on the sidewalk? If we put our heads together, everything will be hunky-dory. Okay. Mr. Wells, here's the gun. Thank you. Keep your shirt on, bud. Keep your shirt on. Don't do nothing stupid or nothing. Move, Rosie. Stop. Listen. Gotcha. Jiminy Crickets. You shot Orson Welles. <laughs> Mr. Orson Welles is losing his life fluid. It was an accident. Oh, no. I am sworn to uphold the peace and maintain the equilibrium. I am required to sweep the time field and reset parameters. Huh? What's he talking about? Beats me. Hey, Lester, what happened? You look all glazed over like so... Hey, mister, what do you do to him? What's going... I must render you three Earth beings motionless for a few moments. My first order of protocol is my wayward cadet. Uh, <clears throat> you haven't fulfilled your obligation to keep the peace, cadet. To maintain equilibrium of matter and equilibrium of oneself. I'm sure with a second opportunity, you'll make a passionate agent for galactic harmony. I'm resetting your experience path and dispatching you back to begin your training again. You will just make the time window for the jump to home. Let me see. You, Rosie, an Earth being I wouldn't hesitate in recommending to the Galactic Council. You will forget this encounter and return to your place of occupation. Promised funds to maintain it will arrive from a belated source in one of your Earth days. And you are known as Bud? I detect that, unlike the cadet... You've learned a great deal, and you've unencumbered yourself from possessing matter which isn't yours to possess. I'll wipe clean the cross-experience path of your creditors and of your pursuers. In one Earth day, you will enter the establishment of Rosie, possibly to form a future alliance. <laughs> Prospects are promising. And you are Lester. Your slate is almost a blank already. <laughs> there. Recent encounters are also reversed. You shall be domiciled in the back chamber of Rosie's establishment. What would you be most... Ah, yes. You shall be a preparer of nourishment. And finally you, Mr. Orson Wells. You have the most to offer, and you've lost the most. You lie there, and your life force is nearly extinguished. I am sworn to uphold the peace of the galaxies... And I cannot be responsible, even indirectly, for another creature's death. I've been afforded a long existence. I've seen many things. But I've merely been a spectator in my life's work. To observe, to catalog, to monitor, to keep the peace. But now, though the time will be short, I will live and feel firsthand through you and your experience. I'll enter your life form to render a body-to-body -body resuscitation. You will be saved by this internal spirit form fit. 
and my soul will animate your existence. Mr. Orson Welles, you will remember nothing of this experience. As for my beloved wife, farewell (laughs) from the commander who performed his ultimate duty to maintain the peace. Hey, are you coming back into the studio? We're all waiting for... Orson, are you all right? Let me help you up. Orson? Orson. Oh, Oh, yes. yes. Right. Right. I I must must have have fallen fallen asleep. I must have fallen over that chair. Tell the actors I'll be right there. Are you sure you're okay? That broadcast was quite a strain. Me? I feel fine. I feel like I have whole storehouses of energy I haven't even tapped yet. But it's strange. There's something or someone else, some strange face, like inside my eyes when I blink. I can't shake it. Oh, you must have knocked your head pretty good when you tripped, huh? I guess. I'm okay. And... I have these names and people floating around in my mind. People I haven't... uh, I can't... I don't quite recall. Like? Well, for one, Lester. Lester? Is he an actor? Then there's Rose, or Rosie, and Bud. Rose? Bud? Never heard of him. Perhaps you will. Orson the Alien, the untold story behind the War of the Worlds, was presented by the Sci-Fi Channel's Seeing Ear Theater at www.scifi.com.